Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Zercast. Today we have a super duper duper special guest, <laughs> the man himself, Adam Thackeray. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, no problem. Thanks for coming in. So, um, you work over here at Bowler, yep. um, and you're one of the more um, specialized coaches. So, yep. could you could you tell them a little bit about what you do here? So, um, I'm strength and conditioning specialist here uh, for Washington State Athletics. Uh, specifically, I'm the head strength coach for the baseball team, women's soccer, and then I assist with track and field, specifically the hurdlers and the heptathletes. Okay, that's 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 awesome. So, um, I'm kind of, I want to know, um, so have you worked with weightlifters specifically and um, sports? Um, I have dealt with specifically weightlifters in a very very small sense i've worked with specific weightlifting coaches mm -hmm. um and kind of use that knowledge to apply it to the sports performance field mm -hmm. um i have i've never coached athletes on the competitive platform um spent some time with some coaches learned a lot um, and that's where I get a lot of my information. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as dedicating myself full-time to training weightlifters, no, I've not. Yeah. So I want to know what kind of um, – have you noticed really a difference in how you train weightlifters and the athletes who are here to perform for their sport? Yeah, there, there's definitely a difference. Um, obvious biggest difference is the accessory work outside of the snatch and the clean and the jerk. Mm -hmm. um, so – I, I program and teach the snatch and clean and jerk the same way I would a weightlifter, but we do a lot of general prep stuff as well. Mm -hmm. um, so if, you, if you're reading in the Russian text and you're kind of looking at their, their general prep, higher volume assistance work, um, that we spend a little bit more time on that than I would with, with a weightlifter. So um, we'll, we'll spend a little bit more time squatting, a little bit more time doing deadlifts, um, which is kind of the main down. lifts matter yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. The, the main lifts matter more, but we're also going to do some hypertrophy accessory, single joint movements as well that you're really not going to see in a weightlifting, uh, experience. So how do you, um, moderate the amount, the intensity of these sports specific athletes to the point where they're not, um, getting injured on the field? And they're they're getting the proper recovery they need yeah. between their sport and between um, coming in here and doing their programming. Yeah, so we're, so we're at a pretty good advantage here with with women's soccer. Um, we have GPS monitoring, um, which will tell me their intensity, their yards, their heart rate, their calories burned. I will mm -hmm. have a very good idea of what they're doing on the field, and I can I can modify our volume and intensity in here based on that if I needed to. Mm -hmm. um, I I really don't because again you kind of know what you're getting into right. uh, with women's soccer. You're going to get a lot of running. Right. You're going to get girls that run almost 20 miles in a weekend. Yeah. Um. So so we've already accounted for that, uh -huh. but this can kind of help us uh, specify and like figure out which girl specifically can be pushed a little bit harder mm -hmm. or girls that, that might need modified even more. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the biggest thing that you got to keep in mind here is they're, they're not here to be weightlifters. weightlifters yeah. Um, but the qualities that we're going to build through weightlifting are very, very, very important. Right. Um, and that's not overlooked, but 
we cannot have sessions in here that completely trash them for practice. Okay. Or um, baseball lifts before practice, soccer lifts post-practice. So we get a little bit different um, intensities there. Uh, the baseball coach really really doesn't mind if guys are a little little tired, a little blown mm-hmm. out for, for practice. Fatigue, yeah. So we're able to push those a little bit more. But with soccer right. coming in post-practice, you almost get what's left in the tank. Okay. You know, um, so... You know, on an easier practice day, you're going to be able to fatigued. push them a little bit yeah. more. Um, and and you know what you're getting each day with, okay. with soccer, though. Seems like kind of a dance to go between yes. the sport yes. and yes. the lift itself. Yes, and, and it really is. And that's and once you kind of figure out the relationship between the two and, and your performance that you're going to get on the weekends, it's going to be a ton easier for you. Right, and you've worked with other um, schools too, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so in their type of scheduling is a bit different. You have to account for it. Or? Yeah, but I, but I've seen I've seen it both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even had some teams that uh, football, it, for instance, we trained one day a week in season was pre practice. Another one was a no practice day, and the third lift of the week was after practice. Mm-hmm. So you get three different, completely different settings in in one week with the same team. Okay. Um, so you're going to get a lot of different things. Um, the biggest thing is go go to practice, realize what they're doing outside of the weight room, and and know that you can make a big difference, but you can also cause a lot of damage um, by ignoring what they're doing outside of the weight room. Okay. So you spend a lot of time with uh, yes. these, these Yeah, that's, that's what's great about being here athletes. at Washington State. We've got uh, so many strength coaches I, I'm able to go to practice and, and dedicate you have my that time freedom, to that, that yes. room to go yeah. out and do yeah, that makes it a that lot sort easier. Of thing. Um, so you you told me you work with baseball, soccer, and specific uh, parts of track. Yep. Um, I want to know what lifts are mo- most important, sport by sport, because each type of sport has a different uh, goal. Yep. Right. So um, could you could you go into that a little bit? The, the big lifts are going to be the same across every sport that I train. Every sport. Every sport. Uh-huh. But the way that we approach everything else is, is, is going to be different. Okay. All my teams are going to snatch. All my teams are going to clean and jerk. All my teams are going to deadlift. They're all going to squat. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and we're all going to do those lifts heavy. But the, the things that go around those lifts, all my programs are based off the big lifts. Mm-hmm. And, and those are going to be... What are the big lifts? The, the snatch, clean and jerk, clean and deadlift, jerk, squat. Deadlift. Okay. Cool. And, and we're going to do those. We're going to do them with every sport. Um, and, and every sport is going to be very, very proficient in those lifts. All the working parts that go around those lifts will be more sport specific. Okay. Um, with soccer, you, you can throw it out there. They're single leg work. They're hip work. They're... Um, ACL preventative exercises. I'm yeah. not going to spend nearly as much time on baseball with their ACL preventative work as as I will for their shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. um, so we're gonna we're gonna take time with baseball shoulders. We're gonna make sure that that is that is a focus for them. But when you can clean and you can squat and you can deadlift, those, right. those are very athlete specific. Those aren't sport specific. Our plyos. Our agility work, our conditioning will be very, very sport specific. Our our lifting is going to be athlete specific and strength strength specific. specific. Yeah. <laughs> so um, okay, so coming into a season where you have a fresh 
set of new recruits, yep. new people. Yep. How and they've never been to a gym or touched a barbell in their life. Yes. <laughs> so, how do you how do you ease them into a um, position where they can build up to learning these uh, lifts mm-hmm. while um, going along with the people who are already experienced? Yeah. And um, being able to become proficient and right. um, make mm-hmm. major major gains yeah. off of these so big lifts. We, we get a very, very wide variety of athletes coming in here. We get kids that have lifted every day since they were 12, and we've got kids that have literally never picked up a barbell. Mm-hmm. And, and to kind of marry them all together, I, I assume that every athlete that's been here has never lifted in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even somebody who's lifted for years, their their squat technique and their squat depth and their their idea of what they think they can do might not always be correct. Right. Um, so we're going to break every movement down, and it always starts with the squat. Right. That is the foundation of all of our lifts. We are going to learn how to front squat and back squat, mm-hmm. and we're going to train it. We've got to make sure we have the right mobility and coordination to do that. And and every lift is going to be done with an empty bar or a PVC pipe if we need to. Mm-hmm. So we're going to hammer the squat pattern. We're going to get them. My, my goal is to get everybody squatting perfect form with perfect depth in six weeks. Damn. Some kids, I've got it on day one. Tight, and tight that's, schedule. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I've, got, I've got no problem when, when kids can come in and they can squat perfectly right away. We're still going to reinforce those patterns, right. and we're going to make sure that the fundamentals yes. are always important yeah. to hone in. And on. and once once we start that squat, the next thing we're going to learn how to do is hinge. We're going to learn how to RDL. We're going to learn how to deadlift. We're going to learn how to single leg RDL. But we have to understand that putting the chest over the toes with a flat back position is not bad. You can bend at the hips. Mm-hmm. You don't have to squat down. Mm-hmm. It put it, and I don't know why kids are uncomfortable in that position, but teaching them to get comfortable in a hinge. Is, is one of the hardest things to do. So we have to reinforce that hinge pattern, reinforce that squat pattern, and then we start introducing the Olympic lifts. And my, my goal is within two weeks, we're at least introducing the movement of a rack delivery or an overhead squat or a behind the neck push press with an empty bar. Mm-hmm. Just, to, just to get in those catch positions to make sure now, once we start adding a little bit of speed and continuing the progression, that we're going to be able to get in that catch position without a chance of injury. Mm-hmm. And then weight will come. I've got four years. Weight will come. A lot of people are impatient about it. But believe me, once you once every rep of your lifts look the same, weight will add on faster than you can imagine. Damn. We're running a tight ship over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Coming into a season, um, I want to, like, we established that we ease all these um, new athletes into a place where they're, you know, utilizing the fundamentals and doing a really good job of building from the ground up. Um, So how do you program them specifically to, like, are there blocks where they're um, building hypertrophy into strength, into power? Or how, how do you do it with um, these these sport-specific sport athletes? You know, the, the longer I've been doing this, the more I've gotten away from it. I, I used to name my phases. I used to kind of progress from a hypertrophy to a strength, to a strength of power, to a power. And, and the more I get into it, the, the less hypertrophy work I do, mm-hmm. and specifically hypertrophy phases. Um, what we'll end up doing is... I, I Olympic lift year round, mm-hmm. 
and and we Olympic lift three reps and below year round. Right. Um. So our squats, I'm not necessarily going to do a hypertrophy squat phase and add in all lifts hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. I am going to emphasize certain lifts at certain times that are going to be our hypertrophy. Um, once I get a team that is a that is a very very good squatting team like baseball right now, mm-hmm. um, I I hate doing hypertrophy with people that still don't have their lifts completely in check. Right. You know, you you throw ten reps to a kid that still is is struggling a little bit, but is getting it. You add ten reps to it. By the time they get to the end of it, they're so tired it looks horrible, and and you're just reinforcing bad habits. Yeah. Um. So now, right now with baseball, I'm kind of going backward a little bit. We start fives and below on our on our strength lifts when we get here, mm-hmm. um, and just reinforce perfect technique, exactly how to do it, how to breathe, how to how to get everything right. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to increase our volume, from from low volume up instead of a hypertrophy phase to power. We're always training strength, we're always training power, but I'm starting to add a little bit more hypertrophy to our squats. With soccer, we're not there yet, and and, mm-hmm. and I still haven't been there. So where we do our, our hypertrophy and our higher volume exercises are going to be our accessory lifts. So our, our lunges, our RDLs, leg curls, things like that. We're going to be able to add a little bit more volume in there. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, in a, we're in a time now, a lot of the research that came out about the hypertrophy phases, we, we play the sport year-round now. Right. So we, I, I am not in a position to ever even do a hypertrophy phase our first week after season, we're still going to be running two or three miles a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. and if we compound that, the the benefit of the hypertrophy phase for not a non-specific conditioning or um, joint health, we're actually just doing more damage than we can right. than we can handle. You know, it's really cool that you guys are um, promoting. The fundamentals because you watch all these videos of high school oh. students with really crappy form. <laughs> all their bros are standing around them. Exactly. Their back exactly. is ninety degrees yeah. trying oh. to get four hundred pounds it's, off the ground. It's it's sad. It really it really really is. And I, and I hope we can we can start to rub off. More and more colleges are figuring it out, and it's starting to rub off on the high school kids. And and hopefully we can get this whole. This whole so this is kind fixed. of a tangent, but um, I kind of want to visit this topic for a minute. Have you noticed any um, outliers as like athletes? You don't need a name drop or anything, but people who push go above and beyond to the point where you know they're actually harming themselves. Like, do you have any, do you have any cool stories um, about something like that? Well, ju- just a, like just a matter in a general topic is you know the the social media craze right now is can be very very good and it can be very very bad mm-hmm. um a lot of high school kids you're, you're gonna see like a like a jj watt in in the stuff that he puts out there he is an absolute freak of nature um very very strong individual and has a work ethic that i i would love to have even a slight bit with some of the athletes we've got mm-hmm. but what what you see is you see him completing these crazy workouts and these crazy feats of strength and they're like that's that's what I need to be doing right now as a 16 17 18 year old kid and, and, and right. you don't and and it gets a very jaded view of what they're going to be doing in college yeah believe believe me it's not complicated you come in and watch a lift a workout for any of our teams 
We're going to clean. We're going to squat. We're going to yeah. deadlift. But it, but it's going to be done the right way. There's no crazy secret it's to like, what we do. It's an on-rails type of yeah. experience. Yeah. You're not really going way too yeah. out there. And yeah. You're not and, and, and I'll post some videos from our workouts every now and then are like our team finishers. And uh, mm. we'll do some competitions at the end that are kind of kind of different, kind of out there. But that's that's not the base of our program. Right. The fundamentals and, are the base. And you're not going to take that. The, the athletes that we that we video, I've got a kid right now, a uh, baseball player squatting 500. Holy shit. <laughs> and, and he's a very, very strong kid, full mm-hmm. range of motion. Throws harder than anything. He's a yeah. 38, 39-inch vertical kid. Yeah. I, I didn't make him that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's born. You, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. He, he was born with a higher ceiling than a lot of our yeah. guys. And just because he's squatting 500 and throws that hard and jumps that high doesn't mean that 500 is the number these high school kids have to squat to do that. Yeah, they do. You, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Anything to impress a exactly, media. exactly. I've I've also got another kid that's throwing ninety five that squats yeah. two hundred and five yeah. pounds. You know wow. what I mean. But progress is is the big thing, and not yeah. not taking a don't don't. We're not let, aiming for right. some perfect yeah. like you know stars. Right. Like, yeah. There there's no workout. There's no progress. exercise. There's no small snippet of anything that you can get from a pro athlete or Instagram or Twitter that mm-hmm. is going to make you into that superstar. Right. You take steps forward with yeah. the fundamentals that you have. Yeah. And eventually you'll create that right. big yeah. picture mm-hmm. Instagram moment. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So um, I also want to know, um, you you personally coach both genders. Yep. Um, you have a male team, which is baseball. Yep. And you have a predominantly female team. And I'd have to assume the thought process behind the volume, frequency, um, mm-hmm. their work capacities, like they're they're completely different. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming yep. you have to think about that when you're making right. programs. So tell me a little bit about for for this situation, comparing to the baseball to the soccer, um, gender is obviously different, but. The, whole, the, the, the demands of the, exactly the whole yeah. demands of the sport are so much different. Mm-hmm. Um, I have trained baseball and softball at the same time. That's what um, I was going to ask. Can you make a hypothetical <laughs> of what now, would be the difference? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. The softball team I had, those girls could have trained six days a week and would have been asking for more. It wow. was one of the coolest. It was one of the most fun teams I've ever trained. I've read that women can handle a lot more volume. Yeah, than guys can. yeah, and I've read that same stuff. And there's a lot of theories behind why they can, but I have definitely seen it. I have seen more women are women, tough. <laughs> women crank out more reps at ninety percent than How guys. How bulky will. did they get? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and as soon as you get rid of that myth and they believe in it, they will right. absolutely give it their do all. Right? Anything you need them to do. Yeah. And, the the fun thing is once once the soccer team knew that they could trust me and things were going the right way and it's a little bit different and I'm going to ask you to lift a little bit heavier and you're not going to look like the track throwers it's it's going to be okay mm-hmm. soccer's going to get easier when you're stronger everything's easier when yeah. <laughs> and getting them to that point is harder than guys yeah with, with the baseball guys, I'm just like, well, let's pick this up. This is heavy weight. Let's pick it up. Okay, let's yeah. do more. Uh, and, and I almost have to kind of pump the brakes on them. Mm-hmm. Whereas They're ego lifting all the yes, time. Females yeah. are like doing the bare yeah. minimum. Yeah. And, and the guys you don't have to convince 
to work hard all the time. So how do you convince the females to work hard? Like is you just gotta show show them the results. Show them how it, jacked you are. Yeah, right? it, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a process. You <laughs> Look know at these gains. Right, you could have this. Yeah, and and the the thing is, a, a lot of female athletes come in to college. Mm-hmm. Most of them haven't lifted. Right, and and the ones that have or have not have some different ideas of what they think they're gonna look like or what they think is gonna happen. Right, and once once they realize that a sem- a semester in, huh, I haven't gained any weight. I've lost lo- body fat. I'm faster. Soccer's easier, mm-hmm. and I'm making progress. And hey. Making progress and hitting new PRs is actually kind of fun. It is. Then, then it almost you kind of generate some momentum with the entire team, and I I love working with female teams. That once once they are bought in, mm-hmm. it it is so much fun and so easy to train them. I wonder if they like ever have the desire to become weightlifters once they're done with their sport. If I've got uh, I've got two former soccer girls that both um, became weightlifters after I was done. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. And, they, and they were they were great. It's uh, so weird, like all from this outside perspective, people see weightlifting as like, you know, I I mentioned this in almost every episode. They mention this, they they view it as this like, you know, we're all doing curls in front of the mirror, yeah. and everybody's yeah. yep. just like yep. chanting and like it's just testosterone yeah. heavy, yep. you know. <laughs> and, but it's really cool. And they're like, oh, weightlifters are all big and fat. Well, yeah. well no, no. Yeah. Here, look at these, and and mm-hmm. you show them videos of girls that are smaller than them lifting twice their body weight, and they're like, "Well, why isn't she bulky?" So exactly. So um, coming back to the um, original topic, um, do so coming into this season, have yep. you what kind of differences have you noticed performance wise from the females coming into this season and then out of the season with the new mindset, the new outlook on weightlifting? And, you know, does it substantially, it substantially improves, right? Because they've yeah. never been to a gym in their life. Right. And all of a sudden yep. they're introduced this new variable that yeah. could and potentially, you know. Ex- exactly. And, and if we, if we wanted to, we could hit PRs with half these ladies in season almost every other week. Mm-hmm. And, and we really couldn't. Some of our girls that are non-travel, um, like developmental We'll we'll hit a new max every couple weeks, mm-hmm. and and they get so excited talk about how strong they are. And I'm like, well, you're just, yeah, 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 you're stronger. <laughs> yeah, and and we let them think that, and, it, and right. it's great, and they, and they love it. They they buy into it. Mm-hmm. Um, the situation we've got here with with soccer, they all come in in June, and then we go right into season after six weeks of training. Mm-hmm. So they're just learning the lifts by the time we go in season. So we continue to kind of make progress. Um, I give everybody a base percentage progression that we're on in season, um, but our freshmen aren't on that because we don't have maxes for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're able to, we're kind of able to effort they have base like a there. Blank slate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just make sure that we keep a keep an eye on them, and we just kind of coach the technique and the weight depending on how they look each week. Mm-hmm. And and I look at what they did last week. All right, let's try to beat that. And and we just. We keep going until we figure out kind of where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, some girls we were able to hammer that down by mid-September. Girls, some right now we're there. we're still we're still working on some of mm-hmm. those. You know, uh, with baseball though, it's nice because we'll have an entire fall semester of training before we'll go in season. Yeah. Um, so we'll be we'll be able to knock out some maxes before we start training in yeah. season. 
Uh, but even then, most of those guys, by the time the season's over, their their maxes have have gone up right. significantly. Right. So, um, what's the difference between off season training and on season training? Because they train year round, right? You don't yeah. just stop yep. lifting. Yep. Um, off season training, we're usually lifting four days a week, both mm-hmm. soccer and baseball. Um, baseball will lift for a little over an hour mm-hmm. each session. Um, with soccer, I'm still going four days a week, but we're going to bump it down to about that 35, 45-minute mark and just kind of spread the volume out. Um, I could get it done in three days, but I don't want to overdo it because we're still practicing and conditioning every day. So I'd rather just kind of spread it out throughout the week um, limit the total volume per day, mm-hmm. so that way we can get higher quality the next morning. How do you how do you determine that? How many days a week you um, put them in the gym? Um, it's it's kind of if it's complicated. Uh, I definitely want you to go into it. It's not it's not really complicated. I just I I push for four days a week, no matter the mm-hmm. sport. In the off season, yeah. What I do in those four days a week kind of depends on the sport and the outside requirements. With baseball, right. we don't really condition all that much. Practice isn't that fatiguing for them, so our our NC, our off season training is heavy. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It is, and, and I couldn't do that with soccer, mm-hmm. just because their quality of practice it needs needs to still be very high. Um, their their requirements during practice are a lot more they they have to re, they have to put in a lot more energy to their sport practice right uh, in the off season than then, baseball does yeah, okay. um cuz they're practicing year round yeah, yeah yeah both teams will practice year round mm-hmm. um but soccer will their their running volume doesn't really take a dip mm-hmm. you know so there th- there's always an outside requirement for them that is kind of taking some of their energy. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to completely deplete them every day mm-hmm. before the, the following practice. Okay, so you said that you um, you have kind of gravitated away from the training blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but so does that mean that their set reps kind of stay the same throughout the semester? Or is there a sort of progression you like to go by, um, and where did you kind of get that from, or think about there, that? So just programming, let's say we're programming their big strength lifts, the the bench squat and the deadlift. Mm-hmm. Those those reps most of the time will stay five and below. Um, the the general plan that I'm looking at that I kind of based all this off of. Um, from about six years ago, we'd do four weeks. At the end of four weeks, we'd do a five rep max. Mm-hmm. Then we'd do four more weeks, and then we'd find a three rep max. And then we'd do four more weeks, and then we'd find a one rep max. Ah, I see. So five, three, one. Five, three, one spread mm-hmm. out through an entire semester. Right. So that's kind of where we went. The situation I was at there, our off seasons were not necessarily true off seasons, but they were closer than they are now. Mm-hmm. Um. So, our our practices weren't getting in the way. Our conditioning wasn't getting in the way. We were just getting stronger, mm-hmm. um, and it worked really, really well. Now we've got spring games, fall games, showcases, scrimmages, 
and, and that kind of gets in the way, but I still kind of follow that same idea. Mm-hmm. So our strength lifts all, almost always start out with fives. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I can usually work up to a five rep max. So big, small. Yeah, right? yep, right. yep, big, big to small. Usually mm-hmm. by the end of the semester in our big lifts, we'll always hit a one rep max. Um, I will always one rep max cleans. I, I never do a multiple rep max mm-hmm. on that. It's, a, it's an explosive exercise. If you can do it once, you can do it again. Right. So uh, an, an estimated max isn't going to get you anything. So mm-hmm. um, cleans will always one rep max, but we'll start in sets of three with them and working your way down. But I spend more time on the Olympic lifts in three reps than anything else, and I spend more time on the strength lifts in five than anything else. Mm-hmm. Our hypertrophy, or our accessory, which can sometimes be considered our hypertrophy work, is going to be anywhere between that six to ten mm-hmm. rep. Um, we can venture above that every now and then for a finisher. Um, Ooh, but I love finishers. Yes. No, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> those will get you toned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So most of those, most of those uh, single joint um, or accessory style lifts will be anywhere between that six to 10 rep range and will pretty much stay there year round. Mm-hmm. So imagine you had an athlete who is just fundamentally just weak. Like they were, yep. they were, you know, they can't squat, they can't bench, they can't deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, <laughs> they, they can't do bodyweight squats, right? fucking knee valgus, everything. Yep. Um, how do you modify the, the workouts around these athletes and how do you give them the proper tool set in yeah. order to work up? to these other athletes who are succeeding. The, the good thing is we, we are not a machine-based weight room here in Bowler, but we have a machine that can replace every exercise. Um, we've got a whole line of machines upstairs, upper upper and lower body. If, if I've got somebody that is a complete disaster, that's where I'm sending them. And, and just learning how to press, how to pull, how to move your legs um, in sequence. All of that, if if I had to, I could use it. Um, the good thing is, being in the Pac-12, very, very rarely have we had an athlete come in here that couldn't do a bodyweight squat, bodyweight lunge, mm-hmm. um, planks, things like that. Yeah. Um, but we have the opportunity to continue to train them if it came down to it. Yeah. Um, and I would introduce them to the machines we would take our time, progress on that. As long as they can play their sport, again, yeah. I can work with them. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so we would take them through the machines, get them more and more confident, start to incorporate standing exercises or sit, seated exercises and just learn the motions. Um, learn the motions, learn the movements, learn how to you know your body in space. Yeah. Um, but again, most of that will come with your development in your ath- in your sport. Right. right. Um, but we can we can fix it if if we if we ever come across that situation. Okay. Um, a lot of these uh, exercises, so the clean, uh, the snatch, um, the clean and jerk, um, a lot of them have different components, mm-hmm. right? And you have yep. to address these components yeah. when you're programming. Yep. Um, and you'll have athletes, certain athletes that are deficient at certain parts of these lifts and others that um, can excel yep. at doing them. Yep. So how do you take that into account and how do you um, 
blankly just um, address each component of these lifts into the programming itself. Right. So I, I've done it a little bit differently these past couple years um, than a lot of people necessarily program or preach or agree with. And, and the one thing that, that I've done is we don't catch any lift in the power position anymore. Mm -hmm. We catch every lift in a full squat. Um, it, it has helped me tremendously from a teaching standpoint um, just because there, there are less things that I have to coach. If, if you land with your, little, with your feet a little too wide in a full squat, the athlete knows it. I don't have to tell them. And, and they can fix footwork on their own. Mm. Okay, so that's one less thing that I have to continue to yell about. Right. And then you think about catching in a full squat on the clean. Try to catch in a full squat on a clean without letting your elbows come through and relaxing. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. No. They're going to be able to fix that within the first week. Yeah. I, it's, we're in week 13 right now, and I have not had to fix one athlete's elbows on a catch on a clean. Right. And, yeah, well, the legs. Pe people make the argument that the legs are will be a little more taxed. Okay, well, if you don't want your legs taxed, you're going to go lighter on the Olympic lifts. If you're right. going lighter on the Olympic lifts... It's lighter on the legs. Yeah, <laughs> Whether it's, you're full it's all a big picture. Right, yeah, right. Like every block matters. To, to your central nervous system, light is light, whether you catch it in a full squat or catch it mm -hmm. catch it high. Right. You know what I mean? So we're still going to catch it low. If, if we're that concerned about the central nervous system and the fatigue of that, we're going to be doing something else anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so catching in a full squat is going to take care of your feet. It's going to take care of your elbows. And then you can just coach intensity. Mm -hmm. You know, your, your intent to move that bar as fast as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And then we don't, we don't have to deal with the catch. Right. You know, it's, it's made it so much easier. We, we hammer the catch, the catch, the catch, the catch. We tall clean every day. We tall snatch every day. We mm -hmm. overhead squat. We front it squat. Second nature. Yeah. And then we, our chance of injury is, is continuing to go down because we're not going to have a missed lift due to a faulty elbow or bad footwork or inconsistent catch. Mm -hmm. Your injuries are almost always going to come from the catch. Right. If you make your catch the exact same every time and it's always the correct way and they have caught over 200 reps before they even put weight on the bar, mm -hmm. your chance of injury on the Olympic list goes down yeah. tremendously. Because they've learned it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that's one thing that I have done to make my life so much easier. And then I can just coach – Intensity and start position. Mm -hmm. Those are those are going to be your next two. Start position from an injury standpoint and a pull efficiency, but intensity from a effectiveness of the lift. Mm -hmm. We can tell them faster, faster, speed the bar up, speed the bar up, speed the bar up. And if that's all they're hearing instead of, well, you need to get your elbow through and you need to squat a little bit lower, make sure that foot's in there, oh, and speed it up, mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Simplify everything else and get what you need to get out of the lift, and that's that's what we're doing right now. And it's it's making our progression into the Olympic lift so much easier. Mm -hmm. Okay, so have you um, noticed any? Uh, do you do you think there are any like hypertrophic benefits to doing the Olympic lifts? Um, just from an overall uh, increase in testosterone, um, 
we still get some high volume. Mm-hmm. We don't do high volume sets though. Um, so I'm still going to keep it in sets of three. If I want to get some higher volume, get a little bit more strength work, right. we're going to do six, ten sets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But from an actual hypertrophy volume I, or hypertrophy standpoint, I think you will see some size increase from mm-hmm. weightlifting. I mean, look at look at the weightlifters. Yeah, they look, look jacked. Yeah, and, and they're not sitting there doing sets of 15 squat, and they're not right. doing your standard hypertrophy protocols. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, they're increasing they're their testosterone, sort of benefit from and they're there, getting right? as strong as yeah. they can. And it, weightlifting benefits strong people. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is weightlifting is part of getting strong. Yeah. And would you recommend it for, like, people who want to see some sort of uh, size not not like a you know initial starting right. point but no. like imagine yeah. that oh. you've hit a point yeah. in your training and you're kind yeah. of bored yeah talk, you... talk about a shock to the central nervous system yeah you've never done a done a clean and you learn how to do that mm-hmm. and you continue to do all the things you've been doing mm-hmm. and then you add another stressor to to your training oh you're gonna mm-hmm. see you're gonna see some good results out of that so um also i want to touch on the um the socio-cultural um, aspect of team by team. Okay. Um, clearly, they're, they're, each team has their own different uh, mini uh, culture yeah. That, yeah. that drives mm-hmm. them forward. Yep. Um, could you, you know, go into how each of, each of the, like, baseball, soccer, track, um, how they interact with each other differently, possibly? Baseball is a very, uh, I don't want to say low-key sport, um, but it's it's a pretty relaxed sport. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guys really like to joke on each other. They they like to have a good time. Mm-hmm. They're they're just relaxed. They're chilled, and, and that's that's just speaking general baseball. Mm-hmm. You're you're at the field for six seven hours a day every weekend with the team, and you you can't be an intense hyper kind of kind of guy you've mm-hmm. you've got to be a little relaxed you've got to be a little different Patient. um and, and that's kind of how those guys are mm-hmm. um with soccer this team i have never seen a team dance and yell and scream and, oh my gosh their yeah. energy is through the roof but then you look at their practices they're in and out in an hour and 15 mm-hmm. that's awesome the coach yeah. gets in gets it done gets them out mm-hmm. and and we're efficient with what we do and and it's all because of their efficiency yeah. you know I'll, I'll give them a superset and they'll sprint to the superset mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous yeah baseball if i give them a superset and tell them to do machine pulls in between their lifts over on the other side of the weight room oh they're, they're gone they're five minutes <laughs> they're, they're, they're they'll wait for a whole group of them and they'll walk over uh-huh. sit there do their reps talk to each other walk on back yeah. and, and it's just constantly let's go let's go let's go speed it up mm-hmm. soccer I, I blink and they're on their next set. It's ridiculous. I'm trying to get them to slow like down. Bunnies. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And and they can handle it. We're we're hitting eighty five percent and they're mm-hmm. they're sprinting in between sets and just crushing it. Mm-hmm. Baseball? Oh no. We we hit eighty five percent. I know that we're not getting to the end of the lift before yeah. time's up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they just the speed at which they work and then track. Um track's a little different. Track is a very, very individualized sport. Mm. So they're from a team workout standpoint. They're more independent. They, they they could show up, work at their own rack, and not talk to the person next to them, and they'd be okay with it. And and that's kind of how their practice is mm-hmm. from their coach. But those are just kind of what goes on here. Um, in in general, it's it, it's almost always a direct 
correlation from your head coach and kind of their their attitude, their energy, and their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen track kids that work at a ridiculous rate, but I've also seen soccer girls that will absolutely take their time on everything. But mm-hmm. but this these teams here, um, there's a very very big difference between their training. Do you find yourself having to shift gears when you train baseball and so like? Do you have to treat them differently? I don't, I don't have to, but I end up doing it. Um, baseball, I could be I could be in their face yelling at them, and, and they thrive. On yeah, that. let's and, go. Yeah, yeah let's they, go, baby. And, yeah, and, and they get they get jacked about that. Yeah. Um, and, and every now and then, when I pull that out to soccer, it, it works. But I cannot can't can, constantly do that. It, it, I can't hammer it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, having it. Being able to kind of relax, have fun, um, the the girls thrive on that just a little bit more. Um, because again, I I don't need to be in their face for them to know that getting stronger is going to help them win. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're in the second round of the tournament for a reason right now. Um, and having that, I I don't need to show them why hard work gives you success. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I didn't show up for a soccer lift. It wouldn't be any different, right? Like they, they wouldn't miss a beat. Um, and, they are and, driven, and, yeah, and they want yeah, to win, and yeah. they know that this benefits yeah. their so, training. And, and I and I don't have to ask them to work hard. Um, baseball, they come in at six o'clock every morning. They, 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 every now and then, they need a little, uh, little, little push to get going. Because they're laid back, yeah, yeah, you know, chatting. Yeah. yeah, so I don't have to treat them different, but I, but I do at certain times. You ever had like a coaching moment where you, uh, you know, you kind of messed up a little bit, um, but it, it like was the domino that made you like, man, I really love this. This is what I want to do. You know, um, you, you took it as the most productive thing possible. Yeah. When I was, uh, when I was a GA at Indiana, um, working with one of the teams there, it was my third day on the job. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know the coaches I worked with, and I was going out with what's a GA real quick? Uh, graduate assistant. Okay. Yep. Um, so I was a graduate assistant at Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my third day there, coach comes up to me. She goes, "Hey, you're running uh, 30 minutes of conditioning with the soccer team today. You mm-hmm. have 20 minutes to prepare. Yeah. Go." I'd never even met the soccer team. <laughs> right. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. There were three other coaches that got the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we got completely thrown to the wolves. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to brag, but I, I did very, Pulled very good. shit yeah, together. Yeah. And, did it. And, and the coach came up to me. She's like, you know, that, that was really <laughs> awesome. Surprised. She's like, I don't know what it was about the way you presented it or the way you talked about it, but they worked their ass off for you. This this is for you, and I was like, hell yeah, let's go. So coaching and, came pretty naturally. Yeah, yeah, and and I was I was a thrower in college, um, so bringing hype, bringing energy to a quiet situation is pretty mm-hmm. pretty natural for me. Um, we throw out in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of other weird people just like I us, and we yell at each other. Touch on that. What, what's your experience in the um, sports slash weightlifting realm like throughout your life yeah so um i was i was a hammer and discus thrower in college Mm. um that that from a training standpoint was was probably the most beneficial for me to become a strength coach um we trained four five six days a week 
um, threw every day, lifted every day, um, and and our lifting was snatch, clean, jerk, squat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it it, it 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 wasn't sexy, but we got strong. We threw far. We got explosive, um, and that kind of helped spark the excitement about lifting and the science behind so it. So complicated. Yeah. It's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it and that that really got me going. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the the cool thing about throwing is a lot of people don't realize is it's it's got the same periodization as weightlifting. Mm-hmm. You throw different weighted implements for certain reps and and a lot of people don't realize it's it's the exact same. Mm-hmm. You you can match intensities. We we throw implements that are 105%, 110%. We throw 80% and mm-hmm. and we'll do we did different sets, we did different reps, we did it at different speeds. And and then you look at it and you're like, "Huh. It's just like weightlifting. It's the same thing. It's the same mm-hmm. idea. It's 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 all research based, velocity based and and you get a feel for it without even knowing that you're doing it." Yeah. So, um, did you have any, um, person or, um, you know, someone who created a sort of research base to pull from that really inspired you, got you going, made your, made your programming, um, what it was. So a specific coach that I worked for. Um, when I was in college, I absolutely hated reading. If it was assigned reading, I probably wasn't even doing it. Yeah. But once I was done with grad school and I went to my first full-time job, my boss there was a very, very smart individual named Steve Barrick um, at the University of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of opened up a new door for me. Um, I knew weightlifting. I knew throwing. throwing. <laughs> I knew... <laughs> I I I had the idea, but I wasn't I wasn't uh, polished off yet. Mm-hmm. And and he is a very very big research guy. He knows a lot of the Russian text. He knows a lot of the old school West Side barbell. You, you talk prelipus. about the Russian text a yeah. lot. What do you What do you mean by that? What are What are some uh, specific texts that you the, come to mind when you think of that? My favorite one is. The snatch, the clean, the jerk. Okay. Oh, that's that's, the ta- that's what it's called, dude. That's that's what it's called. They they're they're translations. Um, you can get them on Elite FTS. Okay. Uh, they sell them. You can find them on Amazon. Or anything. Mm-hmm. I always buy them from Elite. Uh, but it is old translated research mm-hmm. from Russians, East Germans, and it's just they they documented everything it was kind of in the soviet you know what era. year okay what, it, it what was year? it was all the way there there's stuff going back from the 50s all the way up wow. into the into the late 80s they had a leg up on us yes and, uh, lifting and, and they would chart everything mm-hmm. they they charted everything and they looked for every way to be the best at weightlifting now yeah. there were other things that they were also doing but the research behind it was unlike anything that we that we have, right. and and people started to get a hold of this, and we started to get it uh, translated into English, and it developed a lot of programs that that we do now, and we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to it, you're able to kind of figure out, oh, once once you learn and kind of read that, everything else makes sense. Yeah, you know, you you know where everything comes from, and then 
And then you start to read it, and you're like, okay, I see where you got that, like the 531 or yeah. West Side Barbell. And then you kind of see the different um, intensities, and, and you know the research behind the research. Mm-hmm. And uh, Prolopin's chart, if yeah, you ever, if I, you ever I, look, I, at I that, look at that, that's now you know where it came from. That's yeah, very and, um, technical. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then it just opens up more, more ideas. More. And then, doors, and then yeah. when you're reading it, you're not learning it. You're you're reading it to understand it. Right. And then it, it's it you you look at research a whole different way when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. But Steve there, he he starts turning me on to different books, different research, things like that. He also put me on uh, Joe Ken. He he wrote a book, uh, the Strength Coach's Playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, very very good book. Again. Based off a lot of Russian text, Joking. West Side Barbell, mm-hmm. things like that, and it it just opened it up. I'm like, it's pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he just kept giving me more and more, more and more. more. Yeah. And I I couldn't read this stuff fast enough. I was coming back almost every week. All right, what you got next? For what you got next? And and I and still I I wish I read it as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's great. So every time I read it, I learn something new. It's good to go um, back. Every yeah. Time, oh yeah. yeah. And. So Steve Barrick definitely opened Steve my Barrick, eyes to out. yes, yes. You need to get him on this. If show you're out sometime. there listening to this podcast yes. one day, <laughs> yes, you are and, greatly appreciated. And, and he he opened my eyes up to so many different coaches um, in in that aspect, and that really kind of put me on the path of where I'm at now. What's the difference between um, Eastern training? And Western. I'm I'm telling you right now, Steve Barrick. I'm, Steve I'm not Barrick. even I'm not even going down that path. Steve Barrick, he will be able to tell you. Should I should I everything. go get him on there the next? Go. Uh, yes. Next, is yeah. that round? Yes. Okay. All right. I'll make sure to get his number. And I am get not him even. I am not even <laughs> going down that path right now. <laughs> that rabbit hole is way too deep. <laughs> so, um, what constitutes a good solid training program? The, the biggest thing is fundamentals and perfecting the fundamentals. Having your consistent lifts that are done right every time, no matter what lifts you choose, there is no bad exercise, but there is bad implementation of mm-hmm. a certain exercise. So perfecting the fundamentals and focusing on, not focusing on the small picture. Mm-hmm. Everything we do in here can be a program by itself. We could have an entire squat-based program or an Olympic-based program or a weightlifting program or a powerlifting program, but Mm -hmm. you've got to think of sleep, nutrition, practice, athletic ability. Keep your – if the eye is still on the big picture and you've got – and you stick to the fundamentals, that can be a very, very good training program. All right, guys. I keep beating it in your freaking head. The fundamentals are super important. Yes. Literally every educated person that I've talked to when it comes to um, weightlifting or training or, you know, even other um, avenues of life, you know, the fundamentals remain to be the most important thing. Form, um, the big lifts, all that. I've, so, I've been weightlifting for 18 years, and I still do an empty barbell warm-up reinforcing same, how to pull. Same. <laughs> and you got to reinforce it every single day, or yes, that ship's going to Yep. Yep. So uh, thanks for stopping by, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me. I uh, really enjoyed it. Do you have any social media people can go look you up on? 
Um, I'm on Twitter. I, do, I don't get into the Instagram. I don't have time for that. But uh, if you just go at Adam Thackeray, you can find me on Twitter. Um, let me know if you guys ever want to talk. I'm more than willing to sit down and talk to anybody. Thanks for stopping by, man. People usually don't have a lot to say about um, what they do. And I think it's refreshing when, I, I'm glad. when somebody <laughs> just sits here and talks to me for an hour straight about it. It's great. I'm glad. All right. See you guys next week.